midweek encouragement for Wednesday, October the 5th, 2022. This week's encouragement comes from scriptures, a song, and an early church father. The concepts reflected often occupy my thoughts these days. I'm gradually reducing the speed of my ministry life after months of challenges. And the latest mostly behind us, but there is still more important steps for us to accomplish, at least a few of us. Our congregation has entered a new season, and I'm eager to guide us in defining it. Framing the new direction of our journey requires a look over our shoulder to remember where we came from and how we got here. So the Shiloh 2030 Pastors Report will do that, and you can pick up a copy at the church as it casts a vision for what is ahead. The following quotes reflect the character that I passionately desire for the Shiloh family to exhibit as we cross into the future. The driving force behind most of my words and deeds as your pastor is my love for and loyalty to Christ. Throughout my adult life, I've witnessed countless examples of churches, priests and pastors, and Christian people bringing discredit to his name. It has deeply troubled me to see how this has led to gross distortions of Christ's personality and even the use of his name as a curse. Therefore, I fought to honor Christ and lead his people toward holiness for his name's sake. The recent summer of slogging through the mire of humanist religion, apathy, and anger was a mission like that of Frodo in the Lord of the Rings trilogy by J.R.R. Tolkien. Long ago, I pledged my life to Christ, and today I am more devoted to him than ever. One word summarizes the passages below. Love. The Lord's incomprehensible love for his defiant, unworthy creatures saves them anyway. His son's incomprehensible love for the Lord caused him to descend from glory, to suffer like us and for our salvation. The Spirit of the Lord imparts the heart and mind of Christ to us because of incomprehensible grace. Sanctification, the renewal of our hearts and minds, compels us to compassion and selflessness that can only come from the Lord. The journey is often frightening but irresistible, urging the irresistible urging never stops. If you do not read the Shiloh 2030 Pastor's Report, that's okay. But do take these words to heart and understand that they are examples of the mindset that must drive all that we do for Christ as a Christian family in our community. Here's a quote from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi, chapter 2. So if there is anything if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself 
by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Philippians 2, verses 1 to 11. Here's another quote from a favorite hymn of mine. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure that he should give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many sons to glory. Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulders. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know is all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. By Stuart Townend. Here Jesus says in Luke chapter 10, verse 27, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Moses spoke in Deuteronomy 7, 9 with these words, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. That includes us. And finally, this quote from Tertullian, who was a church father from the second generation of church leaders in Christian history. We are a body knit together as such by a common religious profession, by unity of discipline, and by the bond of a common hope. We meet together as an assembly and congregation that, offering up prayer to God as with united force, we may wrestle with him in our supplications. This strong exertion God delights in. We pray, too, for the emperors, for their ministers, and for all of the authority, all in authority, for the welfare of the world, for the prevalence of peace, and for the delay of the final consumption. We assemble to read our sacred writings, and with the sacred words, we nourish our faith. We animate our hope. We make our confidence more steadfast, and no less by inculcations of God's precepts. We confirm good habits. In the same place also, exhortations are made. Rebukes and sacred censures are administered. For with a great gravity is the work of judging carried on among us as befits those who feel assured that they are in the sight of God. And you have the most notable example of judgment to come when anyone 
has sinned so grievously as to require his severance from us in prayer, in the congregation, in all sacred intercourse. The tried men of our elders preside over us, obtaining that honor, not by purchase, but by established character. There is no buying and selling of any sort in the things of God. Though we have our treasure chest, it is not made up of purchase money as of a religion that has its price. On the monthly day, if he likes, each puts in a small donation, but only if, he, if it be his pleasure and only if he is able. For there is no compulsion. All is voluntary. These gifts are not spent on feasts and drinking bouts and eating houses, but to support and bury poor people, to supply the wants of boys and girls destitute of means and parents and of old persons confined now to the house, such too as have suffered shipwreck and if there happen to be any in the mines or banished to the islands or shut up in prisons, for nothing but their fidelity to the cause of Christ of God's church. They become the nurslings of their confession. But it is mainly the deeds of love so noble that lead many to put a brand upon us. See, they say, how they love one another. For they themselves are animated by mutual hatred. See, they say about us how they are ready even to die for one another. For they themselves would sooner kill. This is from the Apology of Tertullian, written in the year 197.